0: So this is the inaugural first ever Wild Society Coffee podcast Boom. and um, I think maybe what we should do to start with is like introduce ourselves so everybody knows who, who they're listening to. So um, Hunter, why don't you kick it
1: off with an introduction? I'm Hunter Ritter, uh, the brand manager here at Wild Society Coffee. Um, I wrestled a college in uh, Minnesota and now I'm working for Jeff and these guys here. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. So, what's your background in the outdoors? Uh, I grew up on the East Coast, but did a lot of uh, whitetail hunting and waterfowl hunting. Now, first chance I had, moved out west and been chasing elk and everything in between since.
0: Good. Good. Can't get too much elk hunting in. That's good for the soul. Um, Chase, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, My name's Chase Myers. Born and raised in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, LSU grad
2: and uh, been out in Bozen for about two years uh, work in the uh, shooting and hunting industry
0: nice man a few words huh
2: Mr. Burns I'm Brennan Burns I uh chief hunting officer and conservation director for kuyu and huge wild society partner collaborator and uh you know big outdoor enthusiast
0: (laughs) (laughs) i love that (laughs) um it's sort of an honor like when you kick off your very first podcast and you have the chief hunting officer from kuyu um on your podcast it's sort of a good get right Hey, I'm, uh, <clears throat> the truth is I am a huge fan. Like we, uh, the, the, well,
2: we'll talk about the projects, but like, yeah, I mean, I, I deal with lots of different companies, but not, not many that have catch my eye and, and, and make it to where I want to work with them. That's
0: super cool because, um, well you're an impetus behind the whole movement anyway, you know, talking about, um, Starbucks and how they basically just don't like anybody that hunts or has a gun. Um, and it just pained us to, to pay them so that we could use their product in the back country. We were all Starbucks via because it was sort of the, you know, the one you could always find and it was a decent cup of coffee in the backcountry. Um, but, you know, I think we vote with our feet anymore. Everybody's sort of aligning behind companies that reflect their their core values. And, and we just didn't feel like uh, we could do that with Starbucks via. So we really honestly, Brendan and myself, and jace i think at the time we're having a conversation about how hard could it possibly be to create you know uh, an alternative to starbucks via in the way of a really high-end gourmet instant coffee for the for when we're hunting and fishing in the backcountry. and it seemed like it would be sort of an easy thing to pull off but i think it was between covid and and all the you know just difficulties in figuring it all out um it's been a over two and a half years we started when we were we started on the project when we were in lancaster yep pennsylvania working out of the candy factory when we had just started incubating strike group is when we started and uh, and it and it's just launching today so um today meaning like the 11th um of august 2022 so that was literally two two and a half years ago yep. um and so you know pretty exciting to see it finally come to fruition but what I'm super excited about first and foremost like you can have a great cause you can want to serve conservation but if you have a shitty product no one really cares no one wants to buy it and you know what what's to place um, I just got back from a British northern northern BC stone sheep hunt and um, I just took a bunch of it with me. Successfully, by the way. Let's just clarify. You got to clarify that. Well, do I need to tell people that? It's it's an expectation for me. Okay. (laughs) So, yeah, thankfully it was a successful trip. But it was successful also for Wild Society in that I took a bunch of it with me and didn't really say a whole lot other than I wanted people to try it and let us know what they thought. And uh, it was a resounding hit. I mean, people were really liking it. In fact, while we've been sitting here, I just got a text from uh, the girl who was my guide, Stephanie. Shippey. She just came out and she's she took the liberty of doing some photography and camp on her own um, because she loves the cause that we're serving and the product that we made. And uh, and she said, look, hey, I just wanted to send you some of these photographs. Hopefully something could be of use. And uh, there are pictures of our wild society being made in front of a giant stone ram that somebody's caping out. So that's kind of cool. Like, you know, she was the... Correct, she was, Well, she Foundation Guide of the Year.
2: Um, yeah, I, I, my years get past. I want to say eighteen, maybe eighteen or nineteen, probably nineteen. Um, I've hunted with her a really bunch too, like really, like the real deal. And
0: yeah, she's me. someone I want to have on the show. Yeah, because she has such an interesting perspective. You know. Um, okay. Brendan and I may have talked. We may talk at times about some of the quote-unquote influencers in the hunting industry, um, and it seems to be in vogue right now. If you're an attractive female, um, to, to to be an influencer on Instagram, um, and I don't know whether or not they're real diehards or not. I don't know many of them, honestly. But I know Stephanie. I spent you know the better part of the week in the back country in some of the wildest places I've ever been, and she was the genuine article. So. She has some really interesting perspectives on sheep and sheep hunting and conservation. And, and, uh, and I think when you're, you know, someone who does it for a living and the way she does it, it it's um, pretty cool. And she really resonates with the mission that we, we set out to do. Um, so anyway, enough about Wild Society, because that's really not the whole podcast, right? They're, they're, that's maybe the reason behind it. But the real, the real thing that I hope we can accomplish with Wild Society's podcast Um, is I want it to be in a creative component of everybody's life. Like you can come here, you can have fun, you can learn maybe a little bit of something, you can get introduced to somebody from the industry. and maybe learn a little bit of something about them that you wouldn't otherwise get to know. Um, And hopefully, if you're interested in working in the industry or you're just a passionate follower and participant in the industry that you you get something out of it that you can walk away from and feel good about. So that's what we want to do. Um, We are going to spend a lot of time talking about conservation um, on this podcast because it's a big part of the Wild Society mission. But I can tell you that we're gonna talk about it a lot today because the person that in my life that I've met that does more um, doing on conservation than anyone I've ever been around um, is Brendan Burns. Like a lot of people talk about it. Not a lot of people really just go do it and so um conservation direct i think would be a super interesting topic of today's conversation um especially based on the fact that brendan's with us and just for the record i want to say this i know you're the chief hunting officer for kuyu um, but we're going to try to get you sucked into the vortex of being a regular uh, participant with us on this podcast. So, just so you know, we're not sneaking up on you. We're yeah, dead. no, I'm
2: I'm down with it, and, and uh, yeah, the conservation stuff, and appreciate that. But ultimately, it boils down to like even my tie to this is the fact that uh, you know lots of people talk about it, but not a lot of people put their money where their mouth is, and it was something that really irritated me forever is the fact that like there was all these all this money was being raised all these people were talking about it instagram comes around people are hashtagging it and everybody's talking and you look around these projects weren't they weren't happy you could never follow the money and i just thought there has got to be a better way to do this stuff like there's plenty of people that want to give their money there's plenty of people that want to volunteer and there's plenty of projects that need both volunteers and money like why do we have to make it more complicated like
0: uh, okay, so can can I just deep dive on some of that stuff with you? Because I think it's fascinating. It, I, and I know a lot of the story because you've told, told it to me, but I, I, I'd like to share it because I think your intent from the beginning wasn't to like corner the market on, you know, consumer direct conservation. You wanted to be the impetus or the sort of the example that people could look at and go, well, holy cow, he's doing it. I could do it too, right? Yeah. More is better. Yep. So let's start from the moment of like – no one's ever done a sheep transplant that wasn't uh, either paid for and administrated and adjudicated by a state wildlife agency or in cooperation maybe with um, a foundation, the wild sheep foundation or something like that, that I'm aware of. Um, and if you're aware of something that's No, I'm not of-
2: aware of it. Like a full on company and customer funded, n- n- no overhead whatsoever, like straight. Totally transparent transaction-wise. She brought like I don't I don't believe there has been. So you can know. you? We've done a couple of them. No, you've done a
0: couple. Let's go back to the first one though, because the first one's the hard one. It's like um, the, the the hardest run you'll ever go on is the first one, right? That's kind of like, I got I to start running, I got to lose some weight, I got to get ready for mountain hunting, whatever it is. That first time you strap on your sneakers is like, that's the tough one, it's going to hurt the most. So, I would assume, like, when you come up with this idea, like, hey, we're going to go do our own thing. Was there a lot of pushback at Kuyu? Like, hey, we shouldn't or couldn't or can't or don't know how? Tell me about no, that. No, it was kind of like my own side gig. Like I,
2: I, I told Jason about it. I said, "Hey, I got this idea," and and it. I, I can't really talk about it unless I go back into what had happened. So obviously, as as a Consumer Direct brand, we did not have a lot of partners in the industry because the retail model did not like Consumer Direct. Now it's just a given. Everybody's Consumer Direct and retail. It's not that big of a deal. Everybody like. We but won. in
0: 2011 we, you we were won new. they lost
2: it's going away <laughs> that's just a fact it's not even a, it's not even a concept anymore it's just like you sell direct you make you know it's a it's a better way to do business but back then it wasn't and so like the, the a lot of the retailer retail uh, both conservation groups and I'm not singling any one of them out but conservation groups and uh, retail slash uh, builders and retailers were all kind of c- conglomerated together, and we just flat weren't invited to the party. And and real in reality, conservation draft came about because I was like, it pissed me off. I was pissed off about it. I was just like, we're, we, it, w- there had been people that were like, well, what do you guys do for conservation? It's like, well. I've actually tried to do a bunch of stuff to be a part of a bunch of stuff. And we just kind of get that, yeah, we'll let you know and all this stuff. And then I was finding out that this, this brand and this retailer was like, if you work with them, we're out. And so they just basically pushed us aside and I was like, there has got to be a better way and we're not invited to the party anyway. So the worst thing that can happen, like, well, like, I'm going to go try and make it happen. Like, I'm going to go see, I'm going to see if I can do our own conservation project. That's how it came about. And, I was driving one day and talking with uh, with my buddy, Jason Whiteman, and I was like, you know, like, like cons- it was a play on consumer direct, conservation direct, and I was like, oh, dude, that's like, you don't have a lot of those, like, aha. And that was one of them. And I was just like, all right, called the attorney, trademarked it, and was like, okay, we're gonna do this thing. And, and you know, I just thought, I'm gonna put together, I think I can do a sheep transplant. And like, simultaneously, there's a Indian uh, reservation that had an, a surplus of sheep and I was able to negotiate and buy those surplus of sheep, 55 ewes. They, they want to keep the population at around 100 and we had counted about 175. So I did a proposal for him, Bottom paid more for those sheep than had ever been paid for live sheep ever period. Cause I was like, I was real conscious on the whole thing of like, I don't want anybody to think like, Oh, you kind of, there, there's some kind of a deal being made or anything like that. Nope. I did the research. We paid the most for the sheep that had ever been paid. Um, And the way to set Conservation Direct up is that there is no, there's no, there's no overhead. There's no, like we have marketing expenses at Kuyu, but we don't, there's no overhead. There's no organization. Like it is organized action, but it's not an organization. There's no bank account. It's just a trademark. I don't want a bank account. We're not raising money. None of that stuff, like totally transparent. Like the the money is going to go straight to the project. We're going to do the project. Execute the project and then walk away single project conservation thing. And so it's like we we, and it it, it worked out amazing There's a a, another tribe in North Dakota that the sheep had been eliminated uh, Basically exterminated through market hunting in the 1840s And so we were basically putting 30 more sheep 15 on each side of the river at the three affiliates tribe in North Dakota Uh, And those sheep were obviously free to them. We just basically did the whole transplant and gave them to them and then Antelope Island had died off in a, in a, um, and that's in, in Utah, in Antelope Island in Utah had died off. And so we're repopulating Antelope Island. We took 25 sheep down there, paid for the entire thing, um, and, uh, pulled it off in three days. And it was just one of those things that like, and that was in what year, Brendan? That was in, that was right. Like we literally ended that as COVID came in. Like it so was right like right March 20, 10th, like, like March,
0: March of 20. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Do you mind, like, what's the... What's been the effect of that so far? Like how are those sheep doing? How much correspondence do you maintain? Sort of like do you have a measurement of success on yeah. that deal?
2: Tell us a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah, so um, there's 60 sheep in North Dakota now. We took 30 there. There's 60. They haven't, they haven't uh, done the count. They're going to do the count in September. I would expect that number to be like 75-ish, which is a full population. I mean, you go from 30 sheep, there's 15 and 15 on each side. Now there's, there's going to be around 75, and I think there's... When I talk to the guys in Utah, there's 58 on Antelope Island, and, there and will that will be started with 25. 25, and there were, you know, and that's that's a really good habitat. Um, there's not a lot of predation. There's a lot of predators on Antelope Island, but there's not a pre- lot of predation on sheep. There's a lot of coyotes on Antelope Island, but they don't really get the sheep. And it's good habitat. They just kind of there's a lot of escape cover. Um, the ewes tend to do really well there. So they're, they're they have not done their full count either. You got to understand, like we tr- we transplant 55 sheep, but those. Those, most of those ewes were pregnant at the time. So right. then all of a sudden you transplant them in March, in April, May, June, or in, in, basically in, in mid-May you have some lambs, not yep. all of them. And we took as many young sheep as we could. So some of those, so some of those two and three year old ewes are coming full circle and they're going to start having babies and you know, it's just, it really grows. But overall, yeah, there's the original 55, there's old 125 at least right now. Um, they're all. Uh, the majority of the original ones are collared. They had two mortalities total in North Dakota, um, and they had three mortalities total total in. Antelope Island. Um, and one of the ewes that, that was a mortality. We actually like, she was super old and already processed when we caught her. I, I would probably would have turned her back, but she was already in the, you know, it was already, Too in, yeah, she, and she was 19 at the time. So that wasn't exactly a tragedy that, I mean, she just, she had a lamb and then died and right. the lamb lived. So,
0: Oh, well, good. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think when you do something that's, um, disruptive like what you did it's disruptive to conservation because it's outside of the normal model right um and and i'm certainly not intimate with all of the interactions that i'm sure you've had but i've heard some of it i mean it's a small community that that, uh, the hunting and conservation communities uh not a big place we kind of know i think everybody has like two degrees of separation yeah um and there was there's certainly a lot of folks that were pretty excited about what you did, myself included. But there's also folks who were, let's say, less than hopeful for a great outcome. Um, let's tell them what the out, you know, what, what's the outcome of this? Like, um, sort of a related question. There's some of the conservation organizations that raise a lot of money in the hunting community. They create, protect habitat, but then they don't allow it to be hunted okay so is that a similar circumstance to what you've created or give us a little bit of contrast No, I have, to that. I have kind of a little charter on conservation
2: direct and this is this is one of the cool things about being the the head guy the you
1: know the, the founder yeah like
2: i i and it is pretty cool like when it comes to like you know people are like oh you know like, like no one ever has said anything to me like this is just my thing that i get to do i get i i call customers uh, like-minded brands and people like i've never had a board meeting about any of this stuff i've never had anybody there's no bean counters ever said hey you're spending too much money i just do it because it's the right thing to do and i think that uh uh what was the question again like
0: so what one what would you grade into success oh super huge amazing. success like uh, yeah uh, uh, and then secondly and i think this is where hunters um Maybe are turned off in some instances from some of the work oh, the conservation okay. yeah, groups yeah. do is yeah. like, hey, it's great. You, you know, we put all this money in and you used it to go buy all this habitat and private lands and now, but no one has access to it. They're yeah. not hauntable populations.
2: Yeah, no, everything that I do, that we do at Conservation Direct is to protect, enhance, or create a new hunting opportunity i could absolutely care less about putting something somewhere you can't hunt it. that's and that may some of you be like well it's for the better get like no you know what there's plenty of them there's plenty of places where you can put stuff that's going to lead to a huntable population like i believe that in in hunting conservation period end of story i'm not interested in and, and and it's specifically for huntable animals for 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 big game animals and and hunting opportunities like i don't really care about um Birds, like that's just not my passion. I'm not big into, you know, dolphins or anything like that. I mean, we're talking about stuff that we like to hunt, and and there's plenty of other organizations to do that stuff. Like I feel like that's where we can make the biggest impact for the stuff that we care about, which I think people put money in the stuff that they actually care about. So. Um. So, not that I hate dolphins, but <laughs> no, you know what? But but how can you yeah, hate dolphins? Yeah, but but, but for, for us, it's like if it doesn't create or enhance or restore a hunting opportunity, I, I'm
0: not interested in that project. Perfect. That's yep. so succinct. Yeah. And and I think that that resonates with. I would assume that really resonates with your kuyu customer. I've never
2: heard anything negative on you know, on any of it like at, at all like there, there's been some the, the only negative is people are like I, you know what did you call uh, me yeah there's definitely been some of that like and we and we haven't like well, I, I could have raised I, in every project we do it's so simple to raise the money I think people I mean it was just I just did a, I actually just gave a project away to another group because um, I had said anybody wants to do this and learn how to do it let me know and a and guy called me that, that has his own conservation foundation and I said yeah I'll put a project together with you and that'll be coming out it's going to be on the history channel really cool project they did but it's like hey there's a lot of projects out there there's a lot of money that there is more money out there but people want to see their money at work they want to know where it goes people are tired of giving away money going like oh hey i'm going to give that to you and you just tell me that i've done some good with it that that's that. The, the bar has been raised like people want to see what their money's going to do they want to and they want to show up they want to be a part of it and they want to see that their money isn't they want to see their money in action
0: you know it, it's sort of um seems to me that there's there's many ways that someone can participate in supporting conservation right yours is one of those ways and you know, it's it's a very tangible way to do it where you can touch it and feel it and feel and know that you were a big part of it. You know, we participated with you at Wild Society in the uh, Arizona Game and Fish yeah. uh, Sheep Transplant Program. which was awesome, by the way. Thank oh, you. Oh, it was an honor to be there. Um, the, it was cool because it, uh, I got to bring my daughter with me. And my daughter um, is was not a hunter, but she came along and did a sheep transplant and got the idea of... Holy cow, as a hunter, you're not a taker, you're a giver too. And, um, and as a father, that's a message I want to communicate and and explain to my daughter and my daughters, my kids. Um, But I I guess the other side of it is that um, some people don't have the time. Some people don't have the money. um, Some people have to be passive and um, your way is hands on boots on the ground, tangible. And I think, That resonates with me. Um, I have friends, though, that are working in corporate America at a manufacturing or in the hunting industry or in, in the you know, hunt camp, fish shoot, whatever it is. Um, and, and they called and they were like, hey, that's super cool, I, I just, my company wouldn't support that. Or, you know, they wouldn't give me the time off to go. They they wouldn't put money towards it because, you know, we do this excise tax thing. And, and you know what, that's all creative in its own way. It's, uh, um, so it's not necessarily conservation direct is the only answer. No. It's one of the answers and it's, it, and it, I think it's really a personal choice. But if somebody heard this and they said, Hey man that sounds like something i could really get behind and they want to participate how would they do that well there are two two things one that we we have a link on
2: on key that you can go look at the conservation direct stuff and like we and when we do a project we put it out but i would say like support the brands that support the things that you believe in like as in if you formerly bought starbucks by wild society and like i'm gonna give you guys a little plug because you know the, the cool thing about the the thing that stuck out the most when you guys were getting started and i was helping you out with you know but the first thing you said is that i am gonna i want to be a part of one of these projects before we make a sale like i want to i want to be in the i want to be in depth on the conservation side cuz I don't want it to be like hey we're going to give 20% but once things get rolling really good cuz everybody's got great attention when shit gets rolling good right for i was i thought it was really cool you're like hey we're in on the project. And I was like, you guys hadn't even sold a single product yet. Nothing. It didn't even have it yet. Didn't have a product yet. And yeah. I was like, I was like, that's pretty cool to me. And it's like, yeah, we can work with other groups. And I, I just thought that's a really cool thing that that resonated with me because like, yeah, everybody's got great intention. Everybody has the idea like, I'm hey when it goes when I become a millionaire I'm gonna be super generous. But not many people are like, dude, I'm broke and I'm still gonna give. Right. You know. So like, let's start out in. You know to where we've already done a project and so people can go you know so I would say like you support the brand and, and and ultimately it's like even with Kuyu I go like listen we're a very successful business people expect us to do good things it's not like I don't look at it as like like oh how much can we spend on this like it's very obvious you look around like things are going pretty well mm-hmm. they expect us to do good stuff they want, like, we should be inspiring people that, like, hey, this is where your money's going, we're doing great things, we're gonna, you know, down the road, my son could hunt these populations that we're putting out there. Like, they expect that, we're gonna do it. And, and, and other brands that go like, yeah, that's the same thing. Like, like uh, people, they, they, they relate to this brand or, or this mission and that they expect you to do good things and i think i think that the expectation if anything with conservation direct is that the expectation has been raised like yeah duh you have to do good stuff it's not like hey i just want to tell you we're doing awesome things it's like no no we expect that
0: and, and so that that brings up a whole other uh and i don't want to dominate all the questions if you guys have some things you want to say please just interrupt me this is something that um, get in here guys yeah come on don't be scared chase is a big talker he'll, he'll say a word maybe two every time we have a podcast but they'll be really meaningful um you you made a comment like direct your purchase power towards the companies that reflect your you know your ideologies or your convictions um maybe said a little different way but same intent but um who you definitely is out there do you feel like um Is there a measurement tool that you try to implement for like, Hey, this is probably influenced or impacted uh, the feel good, if you will, with our customer base, or you just know it, you just know it because you know the customer because you are the customer. Like how does Q is a relatively successful, big company at this point. It's not, you know, it's not the fledgling little company. It was in 2011 when you and I first spoke. Right. Yes. Um, Can I share that quote that you gave me when we were on the phone that day? I can't raspberry. You literally said, like, yeah, dude, like, we're just trying to grow it to, like, 10 million and do a lot of sheep hunting. <laughs> it was literally what you said. Yeah. And, and I think about that now, and it's like, wow, I think you did it. That's gone You did
2: good. a lot of sheep hunting, yeah. and you did get to 10 million. Yeah, yeah it right. Been good. been good. Yeah, you were even low, though, at the yeah. time, I think. Well, even yeah, well, yeah. high, actually. It was that would have been a pretty
0: good life. It was huge then, yeah. A couple guys yeah. making, making a little bit of money having yeah. fun. Yeah. And it's amazing when you put your mind to something. But people can direct their so we did our project wild society did their project participated in your project and the other company that was involved with loophole yep Yep. Um, and bruce petted over loophole yep. is a someone who takes conservation pretty seriously yeah. he wasn't a hard I, I don't imagine he had to twist his arm real hard to participate
2: no and that's that's those are the things you know like everybody's like how, how much prep goes into this stuff like there's a lot of prep goes into the projects but as far as people that participate i mean like the first one i made i think 13 phone calls and raised all the money how much we, was that the um, first one roughly roughly 150 Hundred yeah. and fifty thousand dollars. and you transplanted how many? Fifty-five sheep. Yeah. In two different states. Two different states. Yeah. And collared them all. So you and, have- then, and then we just did 82 for 164000 In Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think people think it's more expensive because there's a lot of overhead and there's a lot of money. You know, like, you know, people see these auction tags and they assume all that goes to it. And, and again, it's like, there's a lot of projects to be done that, that it doesn't cost that much. I mean, the entire Arizona budget for 2022. Or, this what, is game? what year is this? It's twenty
0: two now. Okay, so this so was twenty one. The entire uh, No 22. and the reason this
2: is this confusing is that project had been in the works since since twenty one. Right. And it had been punted a year because of COVID. Because of COVID. So it was in I was taking over we, we did were it in we March, were, right? We, we were take, so the, the the Arizona project. I called them. It's interesting how the Arizona project, with you participated. A, a game warden named Darren Tucker called me and said, "Hey, would you be interested in doing anything in Arizona?" And I said, "I'm always interested in everything." And I go, "Great!" And and he goes, "So let's." They put together a call. So I had a call with the head of fishing game, um, and Josh Avy and Amber Munich, who is the they biologist. Were awesome. Yeah, they were just awesome people. And they said, "Hey, we have these four projects. Are you interested in any of these?" And I said, "I'm interested in all of them." I want them all like I want to cuz it just popped in my head like how cool would it would be to be a private organization from the private sector and step in and cover the entire transplant budget for a for a state for a year you know like not only does that offset the money that they can use that money elsewhere but I was just like nobody'd ever done that if there's somebody like please let me know if that's happened but I know it's never happened and it was just and it ultimately wasn't that much money when you think about it like they have some really big plans we did uh you know, we did all the trans- I wish I had my sheet here, which I, I can't remember the name of the mountain range is exactly, who went where. But it was, I mean, we moved 82 sheep and four different, five different transplants, collared all the sheep, and uh, and it was the entire budget was $164,000. Now, that was straight check through the Arizona Desert Bighorn Sheep Society to the Arizona Fishing Game, there was no overhead, nothing covered. Like, everybody, so every
0: dime they- you collected. Was, dis, was disseminated don't it
2: directly. directly don't even collect any money actually we all the money went through the arizona desert bighorn sheep society which is a 501c3 like i do not want to touch any money my, my one thing about this is like i want to i want to do conservation work i want to have fun doing it but the negative comes with it somebody's like oh yeah well l- let's do an audit like do an audit i don't touch any money you can't right. audit when there's nothing there right like it goes straight to a 501c3 and then straight to them i don't want to touch any money i got a job Right. I don't, I don't need to do it. I'm not doing this, but I do it because I love doing it. This is a passion for Yeah, you. Yeah. But I, I don't, it's not like, I mean, and you know, we have videographers and we have plane tickets and all that stuff to get there. And those are called marketing expenses. That's right. not conservation. Right. So we just pay those and those don't, that's a totally separate <laughs> deal. So there's nothing really negative you could say about the project. We just covered their entire budget. And those are the kind of projects where when you show up on something like that and you see these people you know they went to college for this and this is the stuff that their passion lies in they don't make a lot of money they, they do it because you love doing it and you go down and participate in a project with those people and they should you know you learn stuff i mean like you know i'm an expert on drawing blood now i am were amazing. i'm an expert on drawing blood on sheep i can pull blood out of any juggler on any sheep anywhere anytime because <laughs> it's something that i've learned and it's it's fun to be you know jump in and go hands-on on on those projects. I love it. I absolutely love that stuff.
0: But I thought they did a really good job of recognizing that that was sort of the payoff for, for those of us who showed up. And they literally took a very mentoring approach to showing us what they wanted us to do. And then they stood back and they let us do it yeah it was it's awesome it, and, which was which was i did not expect that it, it was super cool it, and all
2: the people that are them. there yeah. like you guys it was your first one but a bunch of us have been our second right. third you know transplant and like we're getting good at it. like it was a machine oh yeah yeah i mean it's, we, were, and that, we were
0: processing machines yeah we were and that's the out. fun
2: part i mean like hey these sheep come in you know what to do chase was taking swabs Everybody it was, a, you know, three different groups and teams putting them together and that, that's the fun stuff. It's like when you can see that and, and know that it's going to make a difference. I mean, we we put sheep in areas that were, um, most of them were supplement transplants. They were like one mountain range that we went to, um, th- basically they had a large population on the, I want to say with the south end and we put them all on the north end because they, that was an expanding range that they, they could add to. and. And ultimately, those are going to create more sheep hunting opportunities. They're going to fill in that range. What would Jason Harrison say about that? what, what you're doing? He, he, he was, he'd be stoked about this stuff. He loved, well, the fact that it started from a place of, uh, I'll show you, like, like again, I'm, I, was, I, I was very pissed off the fact that we were not able to participate in stuff so like the the fact that it was started out of uh, out of out he that area he loved that, that like yeah. it was disruptive and like i'll show you and then eventually you go like because now it's coming full circle where you know organizations are are basically stealing lines that i've come up with about how they're doing semi direct And i'm like oh whatever i mean like imitation is the highest form of flattery you have at it again it's not a job for me it's a passion so it's not like i'm losing anything like you know I you win if I get if I get aced out on a project, what I did, I had I had a group that got a project of mine that I was looking at, and I went I went like, dude, if you think you're like, ultimately the sheep are winning. Amen. They should all be competitive. Right. There's not many people doing it. They're going to be like, oh, okay, you beat me out on one. You got you got first punch on it, or you call like, I don't care about that. There's plenty
0: of them. So um, that's cool because ultimately your point is a good one. Is the sheep won? Right. Yeah. yeah. And sheep is. Um, is one really, you know, that's your passion, obviously a big part of the Kuyu story is, is you and Jason and your, your passion for hunting sheep, right? But you're not takers. You're going to, you're putting back, you've put officially, you've put back more and created more now than you've ever taken. Is that a fair statement? I, I,
2: I don't feel like the, like, I definitely don't feel like the debt is paid.
0: On different, that was a different answer than the question. You, you could, you owe a big part of your life to sheep. Yeah, so yeah. you'll never pay the debt. Yeah. I, I get that, and I think that's super humble and, and shares a lot of your insight into who you are as a person. That you're a giver, but the question was, you've given, you've put more back than you've taken from sheep. Yeah, today. I debt. mean, at, at this point in time, but yeah,
2: I had I had never touched a live sheep until. 2020, which was weird. Like, I remember I grabbed the first U and I was like, that's the first live sheep I've ever had my hands on. And that that was pretty cool. Now it's been, you know, 140 or whatever it's been. And it's like, oh, that's pretty cool to to be able to do. And I I believe in micromanagement too. I mean, it's one of those, one of these things where there's a lot of ways you can make a difference, but I, I feel like if you... It, you know, how to eat an elephant one bite at a time? Like, everybody wants to say, like, yeah, my thing is we're gonna save sheep in the west. It's like, dude, that's such a huge thing. Like, why don't you do one thing first? Yeah, take one step, do it. And like, we've we've moved, you know, we moved up a few sheep here and then a few sheep here and 10 here, and like, all of a sudden, like, that's a big ass herd, yeah. Like, we we you know, nine different transplants and their supplement and there's going to be more tags and like eventually you're going to have a a hunt on Antelope Island and they're definitely going to have a hunt not too long in in North Dakota that hasn't had, you know, that's never had legal hunting and hasn't had a huntable population of sheep since the 1840s. Like, that's a real impact, like that, that made it, that makes a difference. So I'm like, that, I I believe in, in micromanaging, like, you know, like if you, and, and you had brought up like, how do people make a difference? Well, if you see something that's wrong, as in like, man, there's a lot of predators when I go out and look at sheep, it's like, okay, we well, don't have to give any money. Why don't you just go kill some predators? Right. Like, like, well oh, said. You, you, like, I don't think the biologist has the sheep counted right in this area. I think there's more or there's less or what's going on. So, man, you got a phone and you can take photos, like, go count them. Go show them. Like, yeah. help them out. Like, no one intentionally doesn't want to manage something correctly. They need some help. Right. So, there's, there's a lot of ways you can be involved and... And, and make a difference and I think people it's like it just seems like such a daunting such a big task of like I'm gonna save sheep like that's not my goal my goal I'm like what's it the, the, the goal is the next transplant we can come up with like we're gonna pay for that and we're gonna go down there and be a part of it that's the next
0: one you know conservation is like one of those things that you can you can look at it on a by looking at the entire globe and it's overwhelming or you can look at it in the context of your backyard and you can go, yeah. hey, well, I could do something right here, right? And in a sense, that's what you started with. Yeah. You were doing this in, Mon- you know, your sheep collection yeah. in Montana and yeah. your dissemination, you know, stretched out a little further. But you started in your backyard and that's sort of your micromanagement yeah. analogy. Um So, last question in reference to Conservation Direct, not that they're... I could talk about this one for a long time. So could I. (laughs) Yeah, really? (laughs) I couldn't tell. Um, But, so everybody has a passion in their life that drives them to do things, in this case, which... I think is super amazing. It's accretive to the entirety of the population. You're not doing something that's just good for Brendan Burns. You're doing something good for sheep, which um, honorable sh- uh, p- p- populations of sheep, which are gonna affect all the you nation. It's gonna also affect every other apparel makers, customer as well, yeah. which is super unselfish. And I think it's super cool. So kudos to you for that. Um, but um, write the epitaph. What's what's the, what would you like it to read at the end? like? about your contributions to conservation? What would, would you feel like would be a victory if, if somebody stood up to speak for you when it was all done? And what would, what would you love to, for them to be able to
2: say? I, I think it's already started. Like, that changed the way people look at conservation. Like, I, I and I, I've already started to see it, which, you know, I, I'm super proud of it. And I think in three years to have people like, Going like something comes up and they're not. There is more options now for conservation than there was three years ago because of this really good idea. Like that's a start, you know. Like we, I mean, as far as like at the end of it, like 50 years from now, like man, a lot more sheep to hunt. You know, something that people were, thought was was on the decline has been on the increase, and yeah, I don't know, maybe mm, mm, mm. he started it. Yeah, yeah. would that yeah. be a good? Would you like that? He started it. Well, with a lot of really great people and a great opportunity.
0: I mean, no one does anything amazing by themselves, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it I mean, took like, somebody to start jigging, yeah. making movement. And you did that. You agitated it into reality. And I think that's like super cool. You know, I'm 54 years old. I'm 10 years old. I think 10 years older than you. Right. Yeah. And, um, I've been a hunter since I was, you know, just a kid. And, um, you know, we would make don- I, donations. Donations nothing wrong with that certainly um this was one of the most gratifying things i ever did so um as we put it bow on the conservation direct uh, conversation um people can go to cu.com yeah there's a conservation direct uh link on the yep. on the web page they can go on there and if they want to help they want to participate there's a way for them to keep, get keep to an some... eye
2: out like, yeah again we don't have any way that raises money we we keep an eye out like we'll, we put out a, a, a an newsletter and say hey here's what we're doing if you want to participate here's what you do like last time we we sold uh collars um through the arizona desert bighorn that, that went on the sheep that we yeah i mean you you bought a collar uh your name went on the sheep which was pretty cool like everybody loves that and like yeah. and, and, and like i said that's where i'm flattered is like that's now been copied by the largest sheep organization they're, they're trying cool. to sell collars too and i'm like dude that's great those are going on real sheep that's awesome i don't i'm like i'm not offended by it i think it's like
0: wow that's, that's good have you um in with all this amazing work that you've done, have you been nominated for any um, conservation awards?
2: I don't do it for that. I don't do it for that thing. <laughs> you didn't I did. answer the question. I, 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 I'd somebody, somebody, somewhere. Shouldn't you be getting like the I don't care Man about of the that year award or something? I, I, think, I think just or do like. Do you think they're just be, trying to hide you at this point? I don't know, but I think <laughs> I think being able to touch sheep is plenty of reward for me. That's, and like I said, I've gotten way more than I'm giving back in my mind I mean like I, I mean I'm, I'm headed up to the Yukon sheep, hunt sheep this week where are you going you know, uh, I'm going to Yukon stone stone sheep hunt so. awesome
0: bow rifle rifle yeah. nice because you do it both ways nice. yeah what's I, your preference um, it depends
2: on the it depends on the outcome like um, I just finished my grandson with a bow down in Mexico on Carmen. Nice, well, nice you were work. there. Was I, was, awesome. I was able to see that. Um, it depends on what I'm doing when I'm hunting really big sheep. Like my goal right now is I, I like, I mean, I I want to kill big Rams. I prefer a rifle because you don't have to stock everything that you like. You can be pickier. Yeah. So, um, and I like the bow versus rifle thing. Uh, for me, it's, it just depends on the animals. Like a, a guy yesterday called me, he's, he's like, how weird is it that you are exclusive brown bears with a bow? but you'd like to hunt sheep with a rifle as well. I'm like, I don't know, it's weird. It's a, it all depends on what you like doing. But so I, I like getting in a country that is not um, is not bow hunter friendly. And there's really like, you'd be like, for example, that in Alaska at Ultimate Tule, you'd be wasting your time to take a bow on the ice. Like you're not going to get close. And I enjoy hunting gnarly stuff. That is extremely physical. That you're just like you—you you could you'd be taking your bow for a walk. So, right. like to take a rifle on that hunt, and it's a hell sense. of a challenge as
0: is, right. as you know. Um, I, I personally have a conservation project that I'd like to embark upon. Um, the The state of California's uh, national or state animal is the grizzly bear, as, as I recall. Is that right? It is. It's on the flag. Yeah, yeah so it's on the flag, and, uh, and could use actually domiciled in, yep. in California, it is, right? Yeah. In Dixon. So I, this is a personal pet project for me. Um, my family, as you know, owns a lodge in the South Fork of the Flathead, which <laughs> is in uh, proximity to the Bob Marshall Wilderness, which got is a few extra grizzly bears. Yeah, um, I think they say the highest density of grizzly bears in the lower forty-eight. Um, and they they can be a nuisance. And um, in that, California's state animal is the grizzly bear. I was thinking that we do like a transplant of grizzly bears from the South Woods to California. Would that be something you think you could get conservation directly behind that?
2: I'm super into that. As long as I can <laughs> net gun them, <laughs> we'll get we'll get Hunter and Chase to <laughs> tie them up and yeah. make sure
0: they got the, the the shackles on them. But I'm I'm definitely into that. What I want to do is I want to find out like. You know, who all those people are that are giving all their money to PETA and the Audubon Society and all those other things, um, because they're just a pain in the ass, really, um, and they get in the way of us doing amazing things for wild wild animals and wild places, um, and I think we should use that. As like heat map it where we can get the highest concentration of like Audubon Society and PETA and we'll drop bears there because, you know, they love to tell us what we should do here in Montana with our bears and they could give us a sterling example of what they could show us how to do it. Yeah. Would you not? Could you think, could you imagine doing I, a conservation direct project like oh, that? For, or, I'd
2: love it. And, would, and you not could get to, behind that. Not to quote my, one of my least favorite human beings on the planet, but uh, that is an inconvenient truth. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: to, to, and again, that's not my quote. That's our buddy Al. Al. Al.
0: So, um, so the uh, podcast uh, that we're doing, we, we, we're going to end it each time because we get, we have an amazing guest. You've you've achieved some pretty amazing results in your career, in your family, and your hunting and your conservation. So, like, what's kidding. what's the secret juice? Like, what is it that you're doing that's different? Because there's something different about Brendan Burns that's allowed him to, to achieve the level of success that you have. I mean, how many people that woke up in, I don't know, what year were you born? 78. 78, um, at what point did you, like when they were all dressing up to be cops and robbers and firemen and whatever else, were you like dressing up to be like a profession, the chief hunting officer of a major apparel brand in, in the industry, is that like,
2: did you it's you, not that far from the truth. I mean, my, the joke in my family, I mean, I was so into hunting as a little kid, all the way growing up, my first money I ever made, I bought Boat Hunter magazines, all that kind of stuff. The big joke in my family was like, he'll grow out of it.
0: Really? <laughs> That's so funny. So um, you were buying Bow Hunter magazine in like the nineties, what would you in No, know? in the, 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 the mid eighties, like, like, yeah, I was graduating high school Yeah, you were popping off to
2: the I've mailbox been, i've been into it since i was like for whatever reason when you find something that it's always been my favorite thing and all the other stuff in life it's like it's been the one constant all the way through like man he talks about that a lot like and, and that that was the joke in our family like he'll grow out of it like today when when we have a family dinner and get together and you know my mom's there and stuff it's it is a joke now because like he'll grow out of it <laughs> you really didn't know
0: so when you graduated high school, what was it that you were, uh, you graduated high school. What was it that everybody would have bet that you would have done for a living at that point? Do you think, <laughs> I mean, depends on who you ask. Someone say prison <laughs> some would say,
2: some would say incarcerated, but like I all, it's all, I mean, like I left three days after high school to go guide up in Alaska. I don't, I think they nobody would really would be shocked that that's like. So when I was doing I'm my gonna...
0: deep dive into the Brendan Burns thing, I heard, and I don't know if this is true or not, but like I heard that you were nominated or voted most likely to kill an elk with your bare hands when you were in high school. Is that true? That, that is true. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, that's pretty <laughs> hilarious no. actually. Yeah. Um, cool. So you've manifested yourself a career in the hunting industry. And, and so what, what, what is it that you think allowed that to happen? is there it was it a purposeful conscious thing that you did
2: no it's it's it really it just comes down to the fact that like you, you you do what you absolutely have a passion for and not what you think you have a passion for it's like it i mean i i can't not think about it i can't not do it like it's my favorite thing to do it's my favorite thing to be involved like when when my mind stops and things slow down that's what i'm thinking about it's like it's always been number one like for whatever reason you know 2 million years where the genetics of that, that's what I'm supposed to do like right it's, it's a thing that and you know it doesn't feel like work it never has every other job that I've had that wasn't in this space and I, I passed on a lot of opportunities earlier because they just weren't right um, every other job has felt like work right <laughs> that's so, cool yeah
0: that's really cool. Um, well, thank you for uh, sharing with us today on uh, the, the the history and, and the background on Conservation Direct. Is there anything pending in the near future on a Conservation Direct project that you could share with us?
2: Not that I can share, but there's plenty pending. Like there, there are always, and the reason I, I it's not because I'm trying to be seeker, which I am. Um, it's, it's that, uh, there's a lot of stuff changing. I mean, like, it was like, I, the Arizona one, I kept it a total secret until the day and I, cause I knew it was going to push and there's, there's like 10 moving parts and there's testing and you know, this person gets hired and this person, like, I, I don't even like to say, cause like, I like to tell people about what we've done after we've done it. Okay, cool.
0: So that's, that's smart. But
2: there's, there's plenty more. There's, there's tons of people in the wings. Uh, there's plenty of money set aside for it and there's plenty of stuff in the works that that is going to come to fruition And I mean, hopefully a really big one in October.
0: Awesome. So, so um, a couple ways that you can participate If you buy well society coffee when you're gonna get great gonna get a great cup of coffee Yep. and that it's is gonna fact. be super convenient whether you're in your office or in the back country. Yep. and 20% of our profits go to funding conservation, and for as long as you'll let us, we'll participate at conservation direct with that. So, um, hopefully, that's a the beginning, not the not the end.
2: Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, mean I, I see down the road you guys doing your like your own project, like soon, not that long. Yeah, I mean, like that, that like,
0: seems overwhelming, right? This minute but to me, you make it seem easy. Um, it was easy for us to write a check and show up and and uh, do our part of it, but you did a masterful job of getting it all organized and and uh, getting us all on station and trained. But you know, I'll, I won't say never um, because it sounds good. You know, there's so many sheep are one thing that obviously benefited from what conservation direct. Um, I know from Arizona Game and Fish they were like, "What you guys don't understand, you didn't just impact sheep." That money that was allocated for the sheep transplants was reallocated and benefited antelope, mule deer, and elk. Three thousand
2: other species that, like, merns, quail, like all the stuff you've never even heard of, they Benefit. can use it. They can use it for other stuff, and that's that's where it's pretty impactful.
0: Yeah, they took that yeah. money and, and went and did other yeah. things with it. That so every hunter and sportsman in the state of Arizona is going to feel the effect of of that work that you did, and we need to do more of that. We need to wouldn't it be amazing if every year in every state we did something
2: yeah and that's,
0: that's the cool. goal the goal is for people to look and go like who's doing the
2: most to uh, help and preserve the stuff that I care about and I want to support those people it's yep. pretty simple and some people get it some people won't but like who, who are the people that are doing uh, the most to, to support the things that I believe in and I'm gonna support those companies and I think that if you know, it's not just in hunting or anything else. I think if people just looked at that and when, because I, I find myself going like, I don't support those brands that are against everything I stand for. So, uh, you know, like just do a little research. What are the companies that support the things that you believe in? Well said. On I, all fronts. Yeah. Every
0: time. Activism has, be, you know, become pervasive in our society at this point. Yeah. Um, and really companies have become activists. You know, yeah. they're Levi's. They came out, you know, in staunch contrast to the to the customer that that really got. Why would you buy Levi's when you have Kuyu attack pants? 100 <laughs> agree. I, in fact, I would say <laughs> if you walked into our offices with a pair of Levi's on, maybe Carhartts too, but certainly Levi's, you could get run out of this place. Yeah. And I, you know, I've been in the outdoor industry, hunt, can't, fish, and shoot since 1994. So uh, that's embarrassing to say yeah. I'm that old, but I am. And when I started in it, no one cared. No one cared about any of the above. No one even talked about it. Yep. The difference now is every company wants to be on the forefront of making sure they're projecting their opinions and their their uh, their ideologies to the to their customers. Um, and and I think one of the things that as um, hunters and uh, Second Amendment enthusiasts, like this office is full of people that believe in our Second Amendment too. Um, so you know, we've just become a lot more aware of who's against us and who's with us. Well, I, I would we say they are they are one and the same. Like, I don't believe you can be
2: one or the other. Like, yeah, but we when, have a when, lot of,
0: of uh, double speakers in yeah. the hunting world right now that are.
2: That's another podcast, but that, like, I truly don't believe like like they are one and the same.
0: Yeah, there's some there's some folks here in uh, Montana. Um, you don't have to say anything about them. I can say whatever I want, though. You 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 probably shouldn't, but um, backcountry hunters and anglers, you know, they've had a storied past of of really being in the wrong place as it relates to the brotherhood, the fraternity. Um, it's not a fraternity, I guess. It's it's men and women who are, you know, pro two a. Um, and they're, man, those guys are dangerous because they're, they've, you know, they're supportive of a, of a, an administration and a lot of the leadership of that group is supportive of an administration that has been really diabolical against the second amendment. And I think as hunters, what you have to understand is like, it's not about whether or not you think it's a good idea for you to have an AR 15, you should have the individual right to decide that for yourself but they don't stop with one. Appeasement hasn't worked in any country anywhere in the world. And so again, these are our opinions, not yours, Brendan, but we we just don't believe in appeasement and we believe that we all should stand together because today they come for what they have manufactured a name called an assault rifle. Um, and calling it a weapon of war. And tomorrow it'll be your semi-automatic shotgun. And if you don't believe me, go to Canada and go to Australia and they'll tell you a story that'll blow your mind. They tried to beat them in the middle and they ended up losing all the above. And so if we don't stand together, we fall separately. And I think that's one of the things that organizations like that, I can't get behind what BHA is about because they double speak. And I don't agree with their, I don't resonate with their uh, political position and who they support. So. Um, it sounds like I've become radicalized, I think, and I've been about the most easygoing guy. I'm an archery guy relatively late entrant into the gun side of things, but I was in the military and I believe in our uh, Constitution and our Second Amendment rights and I believe they're the only thing standing in the way of tyranny. And this administration has scared me a little bit, I'll be honest with you, with some of the moves they've made and, and uh, how they behave. So um, again, those are, our, beha- those are our, be- our opinions. I'm not projecting that onto you or anybody at CUU, um but we're going to vote with our, our wallets and vote with our feet. We're going to support the companies that, um, you know, that stand and with all hunters and all outdoorsmen and all conservationists, so um, that's I think a good spot for us to jump off. Thank you everybody for t- taking the time. Maybe next time, Hunter and Chase will. Have, do you guys want to impart some wisdom before we hang up? Or yeah, what
2: well, we I, I wasn't asked. Chase, like, well, well, you know, you came down on a sheep transplant. What, what I mean, what stuck out to you? So that was my first time around sheep in general, alive or dead. So besides um, balance and. And hunting we did not yet. kill any, by the way. None? None done. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was my first time around sheep in general. Um, and I, you know, hope someday to go on a, a sheep hunt. Like I think it really turned me on to the whole thing. Um, like you said, it gave back before I take any, so... Yeah. It's cool. Um, I mean, it's, it's like, I mean, uh, most people that go on them go like, wow, I I had no idea. I didn't know that there were people that did that. I didn't know that that, the reason that that species is doing well is because of it. I didn't realize that, you know, that, that, that stuff will not just take care of itself, that there's people actually doing that. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's pretty cool.
1: You're actually paid ahead. Yep. Yeah. That's pretty neat. How about you, Mark? Just the takeaway I got is more like I'm 25, so. I feel like conservation comes with maturity. and you know, I feel blessed to be around guys like Jeff and Burns, where they're, you know, they're experienced, they've already, you know, put the miles in and kind of done the work, where I feel like me and my hunting career, or whatever you want to call it, I'm like, I'm just thinking about killing. I'm not, I'm not thinking about giving back, you know, and then Jeff bringing me in here and hiring me, he said, you know, as a hunter, was, as an outdoorsman, like, we are called, we are, we don't just take, we give back. And that's kind of wild society's mission. So it's just, it's cool to be surrounded by people that have that mindset and to see like a guy like Burns gets, he gets so much out of killing a sheep that it's, you know, like, I mean, it sounds <laughs> sounds dumb, but he's, I mean, he's so obsessed with killing them that he is devoting a lot of his life to making sure that himself, his son, everyone else can have the same experiences that he has and and kind of, yeah, just blessed to be here.
0: Um, Hunter, how do we, you know, it's kind of funny. I didn't realize it until uh, you started to talk about how old you were, but I'm 54, Brendan's 44, Chase is 31, and you're 25. Yeah. So we have basically a member of each sort of generation, 20, 30, 40, 50 in the room at the same time, right? And what you said makes a lot of sense. It's like when you're 25, um, it, well, there's there's like a couple stages you go through as a hunter, right? The first stage is I just wanna kill something. Yeah, yeah. Sure. When you're starting, you just wanna kill something. Yeah. The second stage is, you know you want to kill everything now right the third stage is that you want to kill you want to you want to kill a particular thing yes. that's generally like hey look I'm, I'm hunting for the big guy whatever that means i want to make it harder for myself and then the last stage is you don't really kill, care if you kill anything or not you just want to leave it better than you found it
1: so and so true.
0: I'm, I'm in stage four Although I'm still doing a pretty good job of killing them, I'm just yeah. saying. <laughs> I'm just to get that out. I think you can be both. Yeah. I, okay. So no. maybe I'll be th- I'll be three, four. Okay. But you're 25, so you're in the somewhere in between. I just want to kill something, and I want to kill everything. Right. right. You've killed something. You've done pretty well. Yeah. in The, the you're second in two, stage. You're yeah. in second stage. How do we get a hold of that person's attention? The 25 year old. Imagine if we could help impress upon them the importance of conservation, of giving back. Because at 54, I probably have an effective shelf life of 15 or 20 years to impact conservation, right? As a 25-year-old, you have you know, 30 years till you get to be my age, and then another 15 or 20 after that. So if we could build an army of 25-year-old folks who had that, that thought process about, hey, i got to put back more than I take, Money will be in really good shape for your grandchildren. For sure. And that has to be the way we look at it. How do we get that person? How do we get the 25-year-old's attention, though? Where do you Where do you find that guy at? TikTok, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think yeah, we'll uh, I would. Huh? Yeah. I good wish not, I, I,
2: I, I would have known at 25 like you can make a difference, and it's not that hard. Like, like it, it it's something. It's smaller because it does seem daunting. It seems like a huge thing. Like, oh, there's you Know those guys at the banquets and they got the freaking tuxes on and they're they got the suits and those guys they got the titles and they got meetings and all this stuff. It's like dude, you and don't
0: awards, know, awards like I have those things and they, they wear me out like, yeah, you don't have to do those always that. winning the bronze, the silver, the platinum, or the diamond award. And it really all turns out that it just mattered how much money you gave, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I think just right? just, just
2: like to know like you can't make a difference, it's not that hard to make a difference on a small level, on a big level. Like,
0: <laughs> I want to like take like Hunter and I have this marketing philosophy, Chase knows where I'm about to go. So the greatest marketing campaign ever perpetrated in human history, right? Perpetrated sounds like a negative connotation, not intended to be, but the most impactful marketing campaign ever done. It was done by one son of God and 12 radical ride for the brand people, right? Yeah, Whether fact. you believe it or not, Christianity has had in an immeasurable effect on humankind, huh? and it started with just one guy and 12 folks who wanted to follow him, right? And and what was crazy about the marketing pitch that he, like, can you imagine being Jesus sitting there with these 12 people being like, okay, here's how it goes, guys. Like, you're going to be broke. <laughs> you're not going to have a girlfriend or a wife, or you're not going to have a peace. And you're gonna die the worst death you can imagine and those twelve guys were so emphatic about the brand they're like i'm in man. sign me yep. up gotta do it let's do it <laughs> let's go right yep. and so you're like that's an analogy really of what it takes to grow a company it's what it takes to grow a movement and so like you need to radicalize those 12 people that'll ride for the brand and they'll do it against all odds if somebody would have said that kuyu in 2011 when i talked to you in 2011 i was calling you on behalf of the spotted bear ranch guides to get yep. them signed up yep. for the guide program but i thought i was calling you when you were at sitka was it is that yeah, No yeah. i'd say that? Yeah. Um, but you weren't at sitka and i had your cell phone number i guess yeah. as, as how it worked out so anyway um we got on the Kuyu guide program but regardless when you, when you were like, here's what we're going to do. If you'd have told me at that point in time, like, these are the guys that are going to turn the entire apparel industry upside down. I would have told you that this guy's going to be too busy sheep hunting. And he's only <laughs> trying to be 10 million in sales. Like, there's no way. And besides that, they're doing consumer direct. And nobody had done that yet in, a, in hunting apparel. No one had really done it in apparel. I mean, it was still such a new idea. Um, so, like, you swam against a lot of time... Uh, against the tide the entire way, right? soldiered in against it, make a better product, give a better service, You know, understand your customer better. There's a million reasons why. Timing, obviously, probably didn't hurt either. But at the end of the day is that you stay super focused on what it is the brand is all about. That is one thing I can say about you, Brendan, is you know we've spent the last two years working in very close proximity to one another, and that is one of my takeaways, is that you're so good at what you're good at. Amazing, actually. But if we could take that same that same amount of passion and, and figure out the, the right 10 or 12 people at 25 years old and arm them with the passion and the understanding and the wherewithal financially to go out and do it. Imagine what they could do because when you're 25, like you don't even need to sleep. It's like something you could, it actually used to be on my options list. Like I need to do all these things and then like sleep would, like, okay, well, if I have time and now I'm 54 and it's like, man, there's days where I feel like I should take a nap. Like, that's embarrassing, but it's true, but their energy and their passion, like someone who's as passionate as a hunter is about hunting and the outdoors, um, you know, he can only, you can only hunt for so much of the year, like, but you can be involved in helping so you know, supplement hunting and conservation all year long. Like you can live in your space that way. Like that's really that's interesting to me i I just think and especially with someone like you brandon because your passion is infectious i care more about conservation because i know you and i wonder how
2: how that works and 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 i would say about the the kuyu and everything else even the conservation directors like you get a few people that go like not only you know because there's tons of terrible ideas that people will say yeah you should do that but they don't like they don't show up and they don't give you their money to do it too. So that's when you know you like you have really good friends and that actually believe in, and you have it, you know. But once, if you know you're right, like no matter what, because everybody, you know, I mean, like when we started, like, dude, I, I can't even tell you how many people, like, you you, you left your job to do that? Like, you, you're probably going to go out of business, right? And I was like, no. And it's like, when you know you're right and you believe in what it is and you got this thing and, you know, I mean, like, then there's nothing anybody can say. So it's like, I, I'm not, I'm not going to... Now everybody's like, well, duh! It was—I mean, like, obviously it was going to take off. It's like, wasn't well, that obvious in eleven?
1: <laughs> in two thousand eleven, there was
2: a lot of hard work went on between then and now. It, it looks, looks easy it, now. It looks easy now, and everybody wants to be on board now. And everybody now, everybody wants to tell the technology story and jump in on. Uh, we're, you know, we're gonna, you know cut out the middleman and all that stuff. And it's like, all you dudes were out there saying like, you're gonna go out of business and it won't work. And those guys are idiots. And like, yeah, I mean, we had a tiny little eight by 10 booth at SEI and it's like, huh. But you know, when you believe that you're right, don't just think it then yeah, man. And yeah, like you get, you get luck if you're doing
0: doing good work. like things go well for you i i had a i had a friend of mine who was a he was the executive vice president for hayes outdoors which is Oak, and in one of my prior lives i was the executive vice president for hoyt and we worked together licensing wise especially obviously we worked together in strategic marketing campaigns there was a guyu then yeah um but he's since left, left the industry and, and uh, and, and we still remained, or we remained in contact and, and when I told him about Kuyu he was like Jeff there's no, there's just no way, they're not that big and there's no way anybody can do that and, um, and it was, it was a shock to him, I took him to one of the shows and you guys were there and, and you helped uh, get him a, you know, get him signed up if you will, but um, it blew him away because he had been away for like that four years where you guys just hit massive critical mass. I mean, you just, the, the Kuyu phenomenon is still just like something to me that I I can't really get my head wrapped around it. I was in stone sheep camp, um, like, as I said last week, and there literally wasn't a guide or a client not in Kuyu. And I don't mean in some, I'm talking about everything, even hanging out, having dinner the night before we all rode out or flew out, whatever they were doing. They were in base camp gear, having dinner, and I was just like, my lord, these guys are killing it. Like, just such an amazing amount of penetration. Kuyu is not what I wear to go hunting, it's what I wear. It's just what I wear every day, right? Yeah, like, that's what I mean, it's been,
2: it's it's been incredible, stupid. right? It's, I can tell you that. It's like, when, when Jason laid out the vision for me when I came on, there was two of us, three of us really, there was three of us, it did not look like it does now. <laughs> the best case scenario, the absolute best case scenario and he was a dynamic guy, and he was easy to, like, he, the dude was easy to follow. He was a leader, like, for sure. He was. could, easy think to,
0: he could have been a cult leader. Yeah, he definitely could have. He, <laughs> I mean, the guy,
2: he, he just had charisma, like, almost no one I've ever been around before. But even best case scenario, it's just amazing what it's turned into. Like it's, And it's, it's because people believed in it. Again, you got a few people here and there, and then and then it just kept growing and growing. And, and ultimately, you have to build awesome products. You have to pack those products up. But, I mean, it's just, it is taking over. It's, it's amazing.
0: I, I've been blessed to meet a bunch of the different people along the way at KU, just through you. And one of the things that I have to say is, like, the ownership group is blessed with an amazing employee base. Yeah. Because everybody is sort of, well, you hire, I think, in your own a, a bit of your own reflection, right? When you're out looking for people, you're you're looking for people who maybe are good at different things than you are, talent-wise. But they they definitely reflect your values and your and your uh, moral compass and things like that. And um, everybody that I've met through the interactions with the Kuyu folks, it's not a surprise to me. It's just like one stud or stud head after another. They're all just really passionate about what their part to play in they seem to really you guys work together so super well too so again kudos to Kuyu and kudos to you and jason for what you guys did manifesting and what sounded like a simple dream into something that has just become something that i'm uh, blown away by and that I, I can tell you that that hasn't happened very many times in my career but this one's for sure and this one feels different in in the sense that uh um Like you guys have managed to stay really humble and connected to your customer. Usually when you get to a certain size, like the bean counters and the the private equity people or whatever it is get involved and all of a sudden you're just like, you're, you're making uh, your version of a croc just to put your name on it or something tchotchke just to raise revenues. And, I, you know, I, I, every time I go surfing through the Kuyu site and looking for stuff, I, I just never find anything that's just dumb. It just makes sense. And it's accretive to whatever it is I'm doing lifestyle-wise. So, uh, I appreciate again, that. That's a hell of a plug. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I think yeah. that anybody who's not a competitor, who's being really honest, um, they're, there, I think you suffer this fate, okay? You either have a really passionate participant with your brand, or you have someone with a tremendous amount of envy. Because they are really in, in. examples in hunt, camp, shoot, and fish. Having worked in it since 94, Jason and I have worked together since 2014? 15. 15. So you've been in the business eight years. Yep. have you seen anything like what's happened at Kuyu not even close no there's no other brand that like you'll see somebody yeah. get hot for a year or two but man the this, this way you guys sustain it is pretty amazing yep. alright well I think we've given you enough we've blown you up enough dude yeah. like, like I feel like good. you're hyped man I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys being a part of the
2: project and I like, ultimately uh, anybody that knows me like I don't vouch for anything I don't I don't say any, I'm not like on Instagram, any of that stuff, whatever, like, I like the coffee. The honey coffee is my favorite. I like that they participate with us and put some money into it. And that's, you know, if you, if you don't like that, what, what, are you, what?
0: Yeah. So let's do a shameless plug for ourselves. Don't yeah. you think we should yeah. do that? Like we hired the world's foremost sommelier of coffee to come up with the best coffee, the most beautiful tasting coffee we could. They govern the beans, sustainable beans, you know, roasting techniques, and, um, and, and turn that into a product that we're super proud of. Um, we don't want you to buy coffee from us because we do conservation. We want you to buy coffee from us because it's great coffee. And know that because of it, we're going to do conservation. Try it. If you can't find it, wildsocietycoffee.com. WildsocietyCoffee.com. Go see it, check it out, try it, um, and hopefully you'll like it and get behind what we're doing. We need our we need our 12 radicalized brand folks, because we're just getting started. So. Gotta sell some coffee. You already got one project in the book. Gotta get another one. <laughs> no, we gotta get another one done. Alright guys, I think that's it. Thanks for everybody for making some time. Thanks for uh, Brendan for coming on board with us, okay?